Welcome to the QAC Team Podcast, your quality assurance consulting team. Quality is our highest priority for your business with one goal, one direction, success. And now here's your host, Charles Luttrell. Scott, thanks for joining me on the QAC Team Podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, Chuck, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you coming on. So we're going to do a little bit different podcast here today. I understand we're going to talk about some different topics and probably turn this into a series. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'm all for that. I, I, I feel like, you know, this, this idea actually has some legs. So I'd like to see where it goes. I appreciate that. So I, I think um, where I'd like to start would be maybe touch on the basis of some customer service, maybe um, about the business itself and the employees. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Let's do that. Awesome. So give me some insight on um, what you think. Good customer service. Let's talk about that. Mm, Good customer service. Well, I think customer service has to do with the relationship between the entity uh, as a team, as a whole. Um, And that starts, you know, everywhere within the employment uh, where the guest facing I say guests because I've been in hospitality for most of my career. So, uh, you know, the guests facing uh, employee positions are the ones that are going to be the face of your organization. So you want to make sure that those, you know, those people are natural um, people, people, you know, like you want to make sure that they, they have good uh Inter- interpersonal uh, communication skills. You want to make sure that they're, you know, they're good, um, accommodating uh, professionals. But you also want to make sure that, you know, that is their native language. You know, like you want people that are are very welcoming. Um, and it doesn't, it, you know, this could bleed into retail. It has nothing to do with simply being in hospitality. But when I look for employees in hospitality, I look for people whose native language is welcoming. Right, right. And, you know, this I'm glad we're making this a series because we could talk for hours on customer service. And, you know, from saying from what I do and how I do things, you know, what my business model is, you know, I think um, one of the challenges that we're seeing right now is how we have the quiet quitting going on. And we have people who just, they don't want to work anymore. You know, they're jumping from job to job. And I think it's hard for business owners to really coach, train, and mentor employees to really stick around. And what are your thoughts on, you know, hiring right, finding the right people? Because I think that's one of the biggest topics that, when I talk to people, that's one of the biggest challenges is finding good people. I never reached out to an employee that I didn't think that I could build stronger Mm -hmm. in any position within that organization. Even at, you know, you know, all the way back to, you know, being a sous chef, you know, all the way up to, you know, exec and then into, into ownership. Uh, I only communicated with people I felt already had a good, um, a good sense of, being able to willingly add to a team, uh-huh. you know, they wanted to, they, they wanted to project their strengths, but to be great, you have to be willing to, to take that, uh, 
that criticism or that, you know, a lot of people use the word constructive criticism and there is a difference there is, um, you know, but you want to, you know, as, as the leader of the team, you know, if I saw a good saucier, but he wasn't so good at butchery, or if I saw a good server, you know, maybe she was really good at sales, but you know, her internal work ethic just wasn't there. Um, there has to be a building block to start from. You yeah. Know? And mm-hmm. yeah, it's all about knowing your people. Right. And, and that's what, you know, I talk about a lot about the coaching and the mentoring part, you know, you can hire anybody, but if they don't have that, it's skill versus will, right? If they don't have that, that correct. will, but they got the skill, you know, it's like, I, I can build it, but you got to want it, right? Yeah. And it, I mean, that's only building like half the, you know, half the superstar in your team, you know, yeah. it, 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 it can be absolutely detrimental to any organization if, you know, your, your top talent simply rests on being, the, you know, the top talent, mm-hmm. you know, it'll, it'll it'll concave the team and, and you'll have dents and things. And, you know, it, it just makes it a lot harder than it needs to be. Right. Right. You know, something that um I've been known to say over the probably the past year, and I want to get your opinion on this. So basically what I, what I say is, you know, when you're talking to an employee, right, you break it down and say, look, you reached out to us. You were looking for a job. We said, yes, we're hiring. You came in, you filled the application out, we interviewed you, we told you what the job entailed, how to do things, you said, yes, you'll do it. So tell us where the breakdown comes in when you said you want this job, we hired you, and now you're not doing what what we asked you to do, right? What do you think about that? Is that? Well, I think if you're going to ask the question, you should be prepared for that answer. Yeah. Because you might not like that answer. Yeah. You know? So. It could go either way, right? Yeah. I, I mean. You, you, you gotta be, if, if, if you're an operator and you're asking that question, be prepared because you're going to hear things that you don't necessarily want to hear. Yeah. You know, and then what, what should happen when you hear things that you don't want to hear is that it should force you to self-reflect and see, you know, where your leadership, you know, your, your, your leadership you know, prongs are, are sticking out and, you know, are they being received as actual leadership or are they being received, you know, as some, um, you know, some other negative, you know, part of being on a team. Yeah. Um, you know, like, to, you know, for example, if, if that person says, listen, I just don't like this and mm-hmm. you take that personally, you've already lost. Right. You've already oh, lost your leadership position and you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to recover from that as quickly as you want it. Right. I want to share an example with you because I want your your thoughts on this. So I frequent this business, and the business is literally night and day by night and day. During the day, this business is fantastic, clean, customer service is great, the food is great. But if you go after six o'clock, trash everywhere, the food's horrible, the service is bad, right? And there's this guy that runs the place that I see, I thought was the owner. And I said, hey, are you the owner? Or, no, he said, I'm the manager. And I said, okay. So I gave him my, you know, thoughts of what happened and what I'm experiencing. He looked at me and laughed and said, yeah, that's because I got younger people at night and it's hard to find good help. If he's saying that hourly, it's, his frustration is already bleeding through. Right. That's, and, that's and, my right. Yeah. Right. And you know, me as a 
customer coming into this establishment, would you not want to say that to a customer, right? I would choose to go elsewhere, right? Because it makes me <laughs> makes me tend to believe that he doesn't have a handle on his business. I, I don't. I I don't disagree. Um, I I don't disagree. Uh, you know, he could that could be. You know, that could be just the valve, you know, on the teapot, just, you know, <laughs> valve wide open. He might just be, you know, releasing all that. Um, but when you feel like you're, you're, you know, like you're, you're not handling things or things are not handling you, depending on how that per- particular person's perception of the world is. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're looking at that and your frustration is completely just bleeding out. Because like you have to remove yourself from from the scenario, take a look at the actual equation, what can be done, and then start brick by brick. That's if you actually wanted to fix it, right? What can you do with your younger, you know, your your younger uh, employment base? You know, like what what can you do, right? So I tend to lean towards um, incentivizing employees. It, it's been a very big. Um, it seems to be something that goes over very well with employees. They, they like to be rewarded, you know, when they're doing good work. And, and what I've seen over the years is when you, you take a good employee and a bad employee, the good employees doing great, they get rewarded. The bad employee looks at that and says, well, I can like to do that. I can get that. And then they become that good employee. So it kind of works in your favor. You know, yeah, I've seen, what are your, what I've are your seen thoughts that too. Incentives, you know, uh, I've seen that too. Um, yeah. You know, not not every incentive is going to work for you know for for every single individual, uh-huh. but I think that that every individual will work for every incentive. Uh-huh. So, you know, if you provide so for I had a fine dining restaurant, so our check averages were much higher than than anyone else that was near us, and you know when. When employees, especially new employees, when they start to see the amount of revenue they could generate, because I, you know, I would, I would, I would track it. Right. And I would say, you know, especially to my, my, I had a lead who's, you know, whose sales were, were just off the charts. And, 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 you know, I, I would, we were a really small business. Um, but what I would do is, you know, do monthly, weekly, you know, sales reports on what was happening. And nine times out of 10, she would on her own say, all right, well, if my check average is 85, I want 87 and a half. Or, you know, and in order to do that in a, you know, in a 36 seat BYOB, to change your average by that, you know, by that many dollars, uh, that's not like she wasn't changing the spike. She was changing the actual average and that's what she wanted to do, you know, because Mm -hmm. she knew that, you know, if she, if she sold, you know, X, then that would produce Y in her bank account. And Mm -hmm. she was very familiar with, you know, how money was made in a, in a restaurant. Um, now she came with knowledge already. You know, so it, in that, in this specific instance, it was very easy for me to get up on a, you know, on an easel and just draw out how to make money as a server in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and have that person grasp it. Um, I had five people that really latched on to that demonstration at, you know, within the restaurant and, and they, they, they took it to heart. Some yeah. of them, had, some of them had, you know, lifelong experience in restaurants and some of them didn't. But what they did understand is that if they got their check average to 95 or 105, then all of a sudden, you know, they're making several hundred dollars more a week than they were before doing the exact same work. And once mm-hmm. that happened, then special things, that's when things get special. You know, mm-hmm. that's when, you know, they're able to make an extra couple of hundred dollars a week, which, you know, equates to a couple thousand dollars a month with, you know, is a few ten thousand dollars, you know, on the year. And all they had to do was pay attention to what we were doing internally. Right. Once, so, you know, when you say things like incentivize, you also have to, when you incentivize, you also have to give the groundwork. You have to be in a restaurant where you can actually do those things. You know, like we weren't, we weren't selling like, you know, box wine at $7, you know, so, you know, you got to sell a lot of $7 things in order to make your 20%, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't like, you know, we gave a pizza party on Friday night. That wasn't my goal for my employees at all. You know, right. my goal for my employees was I want them to go out and be able to buy the car that they want or be able to afford the rent or the, you know, like I, I was I was focused on a much bigger um, ROI for the employee. You know, right. like I, not just myself. Obviously, I was looking for that myself. And, I'm, you know, I'm not going to shy, shy away from that part. Like you want to be profitable. But what I did want was I wanted my my employees to be not asking each other for gas money, you know, like yeah, and to not, that's what I was looking yeah, for. Right. And you know, you, you hit a good point there because like you said, you want it to be profitable, but you also want your employees to enjoy these extra incentives as well. And I think a lot of businesses, especially smaller businesses lose focus on if you just spend a little bit more money, you're going to get a bigger return on that investment. And, and your culture you will be things. better. Yes. Your whole culture will be better. Yes. And I think, you know, that's where the struggle lies is because, you know, as I talk to people, they're afraid to take that leap because they're thinking, I can't spend $10 because I'm going to lose 20 But if you look at it as I'm spending $10 to possibly reap a $100 benefit of raising my average check because my employees are doing better and are listening to what's happening, and we're coaching and developing them into better servers, better cooks. That just helps the business all around, you know? It, it really did. It, it, it really did. Um, taking the time one-on-one as a group, having meetings, having pre-shift, going over financial reports, going over sales, um, you, you know, sales goals, expectations, you know, implementing you know some of the 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 parameters you know some of the things in the in the in the company were were very rigid and some of the things they kind of had this like this free form space where things were allowed to grow and starve and when things starved i presented that to the staff and said do you remember when i was saying this well we just lost ten thousand dollars this week because of that you know, right. so if I looked over and showed it to them, it wasn't 
what I was, the, the intention behind that was to show that there is an ebb and flow, mm-hmm. you know, the same way because, and I use servers again, because servers, how they usually get paid is, is through tips and percentages. Right. So it's a variable, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a variable. It's not a, it's not a set amount of money. Right. Which I think is, you know, the tipping culture is a completely different podcast within itself. But <laughs> that could be a whole other episode. That's a whole other, you know, <laughs> bag of worms. But, yeah. um, but, you know, when, when, you know, you're, you're, the anchor of your entire restaurant is, is a, is a fixed cost, right? Like that's your kitchen, that's your, you know, your, your dishwashers. Um, you know, sometimes your, you know, management is going to be just on a base pay, um, right. plus incentives, you know, like there has to be an incentive. Like I'm not going to hire a restaurant manager and say, okay, take care of this. But if you take care of this and that's all you're doing, it's going to be a base, right? Like you're going to make your X amount of dollars and that's going to be your base. But if you're, if you're a restaurant manager, you're taking care of it and you're making cold calls, you're connecting the dots, you're selling parties, like you're, you're driving sales within that organization. Now you have something to say, Hey chef, I brought this amount of dollars in. This is, you know, I want, you know, 2% or whatever that becomes. I, I'm right. just throwing out a number, you know, right. maybe, it's, maybe it's 12%. You know, if you're bringing me a million dollars, I'm going to give you 12%. Like, that's just yeah. not even a, you know, that's just a very simple, you know, um, formula for me for success, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up a very valid comment, you know, a, a sentence or two ago where you talked about, you know, the manager's just doing the job. And I think what a lot of people get caught up in, in, in business and I, corporations as well as small business, we get hung up in, they got superstars that just get it done. So we don't, we don't do anything with them. We forget about them because they're just doing the job. And then you see other people not doing what needs to be done. So your superstars tend to start falling because, well, here I am, you know, killing it, doing good. I'm not getting recognized, right? We see that a lot. See that often. Yeah. Often. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only way to combat that is. is killer, you know? Yeah, it is. And the only way to combat that is that you have to, you, you, you have to have one-on-ones. Like you have yeah. to have one-on-one conversations, um, yep. you know, with, with your employees, you got to check in. And so, anybody um, that's, anybody that's ever worked for me knows that I check in, you know, right. I check in multiple times a day. You know, sometimes right. it's, you know, like I, I try to keep the, I try to keep the communication between my employees and myself. I try to keep it as professional within a, a very small confine of, of, of what I, you know, what I, I provoke because Man. what I, you know, like you, you don't, I don't want to ever step out of bounds of what they release. Mm-hmm. Whatever they talk to me about is what I'll talk to them about, you know, right. and I don't, I don't really go outside of that, that bubble. Right. Um, so, so back in, um, 2008, I, um, five years, I ran a mystery shopping company and I was pretty successful with it. And one of the best things I did for several of my clients, we set up to where I came in as a third party and talked to the employees as a group and they loved it. And after I did that, told them who I was, what I did, what's going to happen, what, what it's going to look like. And once they realized what that report entailed and what they were looking for. And when they saw me coming and posted that report on the wall in that restaurant, you see them go right to that wall to look, all right, who was it? 
what happened and what are, where are we at and what are we getting? You know, they want to look at that number all day long, all day long. Right. Yes. And I'm telling you, it worked. I was taking restaurants who were in the 60s, 70% range starting out to the nineties and the hundreds. And it was just fantastic. Now within 90 days, they were seeing, you know, 25, 30% increase just by talking with them, showing them what's happening and what incentives that they're going to get. Absolutely. And not only is it, is, is a lot of times is it financial, a lot of times it's inspirational, it's foundational. Um, and when you like, you don't ever want to, it, it's a really good way to gently say, don't be last, you know, yeah. like you just put, <laughs> put, yeah, like, right. just, you know, like, you know, when I was, coming up you know the the rule was just don't let it be me you know like don't, don't let be it last. be me don't let it be me you don't know let it be me. So, so true you know if it, it, it you know being in the kitchen with you know with with the guys like i we would walk around with stopwatches yeah we we would peel squash or we we would you know whatever butcher trout or you know and you know i had a sous chef who really grasped onto that Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had more than one. Let me. I had more than one sous chef that that really took that to heart. Like we knew how many steps it was to the walk-in. We knew how many, um, how many turns you know on an artichoke or whatever the case may be. Like mm-hmm. we would set that that parameter and say, okay, so if it's two minutes of trout, that's you know skin and bones, you know butterfly, whatever that, you know whatever that the application you know, called for, right. Um, and what you'll see is over time, you know, guys that are skill driven, that is, that's the, that's the ROI. That's right. the goal. You know, it's not the only goal, you know, but once, once, if I see, you know, sous chef and I got, you know, this, this particular sous in mind, what, when I, when I saw him get sub two minutes, I was like, now we're going to have trout on the menu. And it, it was a joke to, you know, to the people who didn't take it seriously. They're like, oh, no, now I have to do trout every day. And I'm, the, you know, <laughs> and from where I'm from, I'm like, that's a, I just gave you the world because now we're going to, that's, that solidifies your job. Like you should be want, you should absolutely be driving towards a restaurant that's busy as hell. And you want to do the, you know, like I, I was a give me the ball guy. I was the guy that was like, all right, dude, if you're going to walk around a stopwatch, I'm going to do it faster than you. I'm going to do it cleaner than you. I'm going to do it better than you. Like, yeah. that's just what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to explain myself. I didn't want, I just want to said, yeah, I'm on board with this. Let's go. You know, you know that's and, interesting that you brought that up because that's something that, you know, basically what I've always done and anything I've done with, you know, beyond the customer service realm is always front of house. I've never, never thought about her experience. That could be a whole nother episode about the back of house. I mean, I would have never have thought about how many steps from the door to the freezer. Right. Absolutely. Like I you have never thought like savant that. level, like you have to, that's what we did. That's, that's what we did. We would put it on a plan. Um, and it worked. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are like, you know, they, there's gonna, there's always gonna be a little pushback, and somebody's gonna say like you're overthinking something, or sure. you know, which, which is, but there's always there's gonna be a naysayer. So right. that's how, like I literally just within my career just stopped talking, 
Like I just, I just did. I just stopped talking. I stopped talking about what I was doing. I stopped telling people what I was doing because I was like, listen, I understand that this works. I've seen it in real time and I'm going to implement it. And then once I implement it and now, you know, we're sub two minutes on a duck. We're, you know, 90 seconds on a, on a chicken, mm-hmm. you know, and you want job stability, learn how to do the craft. You know, right. and you know to what any... I found too. Yeah, and and what I found too was Simon Sinek is brilliant at this. Brilliant. When you tell people why you're doing something, why it needs to be a certain way, they get it, and then you want to do it because for some reason that why really sticks with people. It's amazing. Yeah, it absolutely sticks. Yeah, absolutely sticks, and that's what you know. That's what we were. That's what we were really good at. Yeah. You know, we were really good at that. We, I was, we, I was really good at, well, I, I'd like to say that I was, but I was really good at. <laughs> well, if at, you were successful, at, so that's all it matters, man. <laughs> but pulling, but pulling other um, guys that had different um, strengths. Like maybe this guy works, you know, a really good garbage. Maybe he's really good at reserves or his bush or, you know, that's, you know, uh, each position, you know, the traditional brigade is gonna is gonna be set some way, but unfortunately, sometimes in 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 modern times, you're gonna find guys that skip steps. Right. Like you're gonna find guys that went straight to hotline and they they have absolutely zero cold work, you know. And you're gonna be like, I can't move that guy. There's nothing I can do with that guy. Now that guy's gonna be pigeonholed, mm-hmm. you know. So as, from an employee standpoint, like you need to be absolutely proficient in every single in every single stage of that kitchen in any kitchen you know like maybe you go work cold side for john george and then go you know work cold side somewhere else uh-huh. get two or three of them under your belt you know right. and gravitate towards that learn that work and then what should happen is that once you get to hotline you're going to be because the natural progression is just, you should be while you're on hotline managing the hotline like right. as a lead, you know, as a, as a tornado, you know, you should, you should be as a chef to the party. That's your, your responsibility. And yeah. if you don't have that in your, in your repertoire, you're not going to be able to be successful for the long term. Uh-huh. I have come across several um, line cooks and, you know, it, it's interesting when, when I, when I talk to line cooks, how, a lot of them will tell you it's either you make it or you don't. It's a tough, that's a, that's a tough job. Tell us a little bit about line cooks. That's, that's tough. You got to want it. Yeah. Like if you're going to do something for 12 hours a day, you have to want to be better in that time frame. Don't yeah. forget the time frame. Because what ends up happening is now you're a year later and you're still in the same position cooking the same dishes and you're, you're just going to be, you're going to hate your life. Like you're going to, you're going to hate everything about what's happening. And then that shows in your product when you push it out to your customer, your customer is going to see it. Right. Now you're getting either, you know, bounced around within the company or you're getting, you know, you know, like I'm going to, if I see that, if I see some guy stagnant, I'm going to obviously as that, you know, if I'm involved in this or not, but let's say I was the line cook and I was, I'm the guy that's on the line who is not taking care of the house. 
You know, like if I'm not labeling, if I'm not rotating, if I'm not doing the things that are supposed to be happening within the house, I'm going to get stagnant. And it's going to stick out because the other four guys or five guys that are on that line care about food more than they care about your position. Yeah. So when you work next to guys that literally do not care about anything else but the benefit of the restaurant and the team, first of all, you feel like fucking gods. And secondly, you you work that way. Like your mentality expands and now you work that way. Go work next to four guys that don't care whether you show up to work tomorrow. Yeah. Go do that. Yeah. Go do that. That's Go so work next to four it? guys that do not care if you if you show up tomorrow. Because those guys already know they will have a job tomorrow. You won't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing that I mentioned, that it, it kind of hits the entire restaurant, right? Because if you have somebody back there that's not caring about what they're producing – and then it slows down the line. The customer doesn't get the food on time. It doesn't look right. Doesn't taste right. They Maybe they send it back, right? Maybe they're talking to the manager at this point now. And now maybe the business has to comp the meal because it wasn't right. You know, Shameful. For the customer. So now you have, you're hitting the pockets of the business because now you have to remake a dish. Now it's costing more money. Shame. So that's such a big impact on, on a, a small business, you know? There's a huge impact on a small business. Yeah. Because the small business is going to eat that 100% of the time. Right. 100% yeah. of the time. Somewhere it's going to cost money between the front door and the back door. Like that's just going to happen. Yeah. So it, and, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's within the confines of just the cost of doing business. Like that's going to happen. Right. Yeah, but the cost of doing what, business. What needs to happen is the lesson has to be translated throughout the entire company from the front door to the back door. Every yeah. single employee needs to touch that challenge and say, okay, listen, we weren't so great yet last night. Tell them, talk to them. Right. You know, don't, you don't have to you don't have to berate this guy and make this guy, you know, want to quit his job. Like I that doesn't he he's gonna if 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 he receives it that way he was already there, in my opinion. You know, right. so like you want to make sure that you're taking care or you're putting the effort out to take care of each individual, yep. not just the team. Like each individual is what builds the team. So you got to go all the way back to the fundamentals. You right. know, talk to your saucier. You know, how come the stock was cloudy? Oh, well, the new guy turned it. Why did the new guy touch it? You know, like those are the things that you have to do to, to, to protect your product. Right. And, you know, and in closing here and, and, and starting to wrap it up a little bit, that's why I do what I do. Because, you know, starting from when the customer first walks in that door to when they're just about to leave that establishment, you have enough data from that report, that review, to, to know exactly what happened in your entire business on that entire interaction correct you know and i think there's so much value in that from when you have an experienced reviewer going in who's really taking reins on their experience when they're in that establishment giving you that you know non-biased but very professional data of what happened on that experience you can go so far with that you, if if yeah. it's emotionless and factual, and and say, listen, this is just what I what I saw. Anybody 
that understands the benefit of that type of information is going to latch onto that and absolutely eat that up. Like for me, if somebody came in and was like, listen, you know, here's, you know, here's the the PL from this month. This is what you should be looking at. And if I went and did it and saw success in that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere else. You know, like I would continue to go back to that same well. Right. Yeah. It just speaks volumes for, you know, anybody who, you know, cares about their business, cares about expanding, cares about surviving. Again, you know, when I interview business owners, you get that why they're doing what they're doing. That should be shown in this experience that when you go in to do this review. And all that should tie together. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think that's powerful, you know, that if if you could just see, you know, like you said, the profit and loss, right? You take your P&L, and if yesterday was worse than the day before, now you got data and reports to see, well, let's figure out what happened, right? Let's let's figure out why we didn't do what we did. Well, you got a report here that said you know, three dishes got sent back, right? That could have been part of the smaller smaller or the, or the bigger part of the problem, right? Right. Now you have to take into account whether or not somebody was doing it just to leave you the review anyway, or was, was that one off? You know, so like you, then all of a sudden, now you have that one singular challenge now, you know, gross legs, and now it's going to become this monster that may or may not be able to be you know, solved. You know, right. like there's, you, you, you're going to get into this, this weird space with when things happen like that, you know, that's why when you, when it happens once, change it, like, yeah. you know, like pull it off the menu, go figure out what happened, then right. put it back on the menu. Like, you know what I mean? But I would absolutely right. just remove it. If three right. people sent the same dish back in one night, I would just remove it. Yeah. Yeah. That happened, um, some years ago, um, it was a crab mac and cheese lobster, lobster mac and cheese dish that was just awful. And what we found out was the server said, oh, well, they're taking off the menu. So they're just pushing us to get out, get it out, to get rid of it. <laughs> mm. Sounds yeah, like right? sure term employment. Right. So, you know, so my thoughts are, you know, so if you're, if you're utilizing a service like I provide where you're getting that factual data, you're not getting it from people who just don't care about your establishment. They're just there to eat. You're getting it from someone who you've actually hired to send in there. See, you know? Yeah, but that per- that it sounds like that that person didn't want to actually represent the company, right? You know, right. Like, so, like, if you're not in line with the company as an employee, like, that's okay. You know, like that's okay. It's okay. But it's, know the ramifications. Just don't do it here. Yeah, like you just don't. You know, like you. You don't have to be here. It's okay. You know, like right. there's plenty of other things that you could do in this world. It's a big world. It's a right. really big world. You yeah. know? So if you want to, if, if you're, if you can't get behind it and I tried like that was so that was written down in my notes. Like I want my people to be proud of where they work. Right. You know, and it, even if it's not with me. Like if, if, if I had a, if somebody gave me a text, it was like, you know what, man, I learned a lot. It wasn't a good fit for me, but I understand why it wasn't a good fit for me. That'd be high fives all day long, right? all day long on that one. Yep. You know, yeah. It, it, it doesn't have to be for everyone. And, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of operators put the, 
I have to be here for everyone. No, you don't. You don't. You don't have to be here for everyone. Yep. You know, you like you have to people. You have to be there for the people that align with you. That's what you have to do. And yeah, I think that's a, a good point you make too. Is you know, as we coach and develop people, and this is what I was really good at years ago. When you coach and develop people, you find their strengths and weaknesses, and you can put them where they need to be, even if it's not in your business. Find something that they like and help yep. them go do that. You know. Correct. You know, and I think that's the, the beauty of coaching and mentoring people and getting this, you know, this feedback that is so needed in especially in small businesses today. You know, my my I use three uh, go to interview questions uh, and it was, you know, what are your goals? Um, where like what are your what are your personal goals? What are your career goals and how can I help make that happen? That was what I, where do you want to do it? You know, like if you wanted to be a chef, how do I, you know, and I would ask, you know, like that was the questions that I asked because I didn't have somebody necessarily say that. Like I had to figure that part out on my own. But what I also found is that a lot of people don't know that asking questions is the only way to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, like you can't be afraid to ask questions. Like, you know, chef, how do I become a chef? I don't know if I can answer that for you, but I can show you what I did. Right. You know, I don't know what your, what your individual situation is, you know, like, are you willing to sleep in your car and go work for Emily Lucchetti? Or are you, you know, like, are you willing to do things like that? It sounds absolutely, you know, bananas to most of the people out there. But if you want, you're going to starve along the way. Like yeah. if you want to be the guy that, you know, has five entities in DC, or if you want to be, you know, the Steven star of the world, like Steven star has obviously probably told that story a million times at some point, mm -hmm. but he doesn't have to tell a story anymore. Right. You know? So you, when you understand that there's a transition and growth, like you, you're, you're gonna, you, you're gonna eat it for a while, for a while, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to know your name. No one's yeah. going to, you know, it's just going to happen. Yeah. But if, if you want, if you actually want it, when you go to sleep and you can, you can taste it, you can feel it, you can smell it. That's what, that's when you know you're on the right path. Right. You know, like you're willing to get punched in the jaw in order to be a fighter. Right. That's what you have to do. Right. So closing remarks, man, what do you got? Follow the dream. Follow, the follow dream. that. Follow the dream. You yeah. know, stay on course. Stay on course. Yep. I agree, man. I agree. It's it's such a powerful and beautiful thing when people really come together, work together for the same goal. You know, again, I, I have to bring it back up again to that why. As long as we all understand why we're doing this, man, we can make it work, right? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yep. Scott, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a great podcast, man. Great. Thanks, Chuck. I can't wait for the next one. Um. I, I learned a lot, man. I can't wait to learn more. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Yes, sir. All right, I'll man. talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the QAC Team Podcast with your host, Charles Luttrell. Connect with us on the web at qacteam.com, Facebook, and Instagram at qac.team. Thanks for listening.